there's a vacuum, there's a void to be filled, and uh, Kevin Podcast is here to fill that void. Oh no. <laughs> of uh, lack of comedy, of course. That's what I mean. K-Pod. K-Pod Shuffle. I did like to make sure, you know, I wanted to make sure my branding was on point. There are no other <laughs> Kevin Podcasts, but there are a lot of K-Pods. Really? If you search like K-Pod on iTunes, tons show up. I don't know if all of them are like K-pop related or are other people's Hey, first names abbreviated oh. onto Kate. Yeah, so somehow I still managed to snag the RSS feed domain for just slash Kpod. That was somehow free. So I got that. That's interesting. So we'll see if I get a call for that sometime in the future, uh, asking for that domain. Damn. They should have thought about their branding ahead of time. Like, you can get paid for that. <laughs> yeah, you know. But nope, no other Kevin podcasts. They would all just offer, like, the Kevin Hart podcast or whatever. I don't know. That's what I'm up against. Fuck that guy. I actually really don't like him. I <laughs> I don't think he's funny. <laughs> think he's going to try to like like bump in on my territory at all? Yes. <laughs> Just a simple yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Kevin <laughs> Welcome to the Kevin Podcast. Episode 3. Featuring Fred Van Queer and Kevin Angus. Projects with an S, multiple projects. Yeah, because I know you. You got you got so much going on. You know, handling ideas left, right, and center. <laughs> that is correct and true. As far as comedy goes, I literally like I don't think about it the way I used to. Mm-hmm. I really don't write much anymore. I just kind of like don't. I haven't felt like writing in years, honestly. I like journal and stuff, but. What was like your primary format of writing before? It was always nonfiction. Mm. I never really wrote like anything fiction, but especially, I mean, in college when I was taking writing classes, I took one fiction class and I hated it. I don't remember the teacher's name, but he was like there forever and he wrote several novels and one of them became a TV movie. Interesting. Like a <laughs> yeah. lifetime movie? I kind of, yeah. Um, but he was he was well known, and you know, it was it was really interesting. He was a cool guy. But otherwise, I always did nonfiction writing classes. And is that usually what you read too? Like you primarily enjoy reading nonfiction as well. Yeah, I. It takes a lot for me to get into fiction. Harry Potter is the last fiction book I wrote. I I, uh, <laughs> I wrote Harry Potter. I think uh, it was the last. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> We got VJK Rowling. You know, I've learned that her last name is pronounced Rowling, but I purposely say Rowling just to defy her because she's trash, but just super talented. Ugh, Rowling? Come on. She's... Get a second O. I'm telling you. Or two L's. Uh, Because, no, yeah, don't do the second O one. Just get the second L. Rowling. (laughs) Rowling. But yeah, I don't know. I it takes a lot for me to. I know you and Tom both primarily read fiction. I just 
for me, I never fully grasped that fiction was still something quite distinct from like fantasy, sci-fi kind of stuff. Like when I heard the word fiction, to me that was like, oh, so that must include like fantasy books or whatever. And, and maybe it does to an extent, but when most people talk about fiction, I, I don't think that's what they're talking about. <laughs> what do you think they're talking about? Like they're talking more like the adventures of Huckleberry Finn kind of shit, like. I don't know. That trash. Um, Fucking. Uh, okay. Like kind of like like the great American novel. <laughs> like Yeah, like of. the dry stuff that they make you read in English class that you're never going to read a book that has dragons in it, but it's not a real story. But like, it's not like mm. it's still set in our reality for like more or less, you know, that kind of uh, thing. Whereas, you know, and, and it's maybe even set in a real place like, uh, I don't know. Hogwarts? Yeah, yeah, of course, Hogwarts, yeah, like, that's fiction. Well, so, is it, like, is just fantasy just a subgenre of the fiction greater genre? Is it just, like, those are the big two, and then it kind of breaks off from there? I don't know, but I feel like when I think of fiction, I do think of fantasy. Oh, okay. Why that is, maybe because I read so much of, like, what you're describing, like, the Huckleberry Mm -hmm. Finn, like, the great American novel, whatever that means, like I said. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. I couldn't even tell you. No, no one does. Um, but I'm not very cultured, as you can tell. But I, I think you're doing fine. I'm a swine. <laughs> That's not true. I'm an old man, and I don't have much time left. But I always have time for the Kevin podcast. It's good that I'm taking the steps to have people here want to be here instead of you know. Sure. Tricking people into being here. I think it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's a step in the right direction. I just had to, you know, wait for the technology to advance enough for my idea to become very, very easy to pull off in this kind of uh, simple kind of setup. That is fascinating that, like, I don't know, it makes a lot of sense to me that you're doing a podcast right now. <laughs> when you first brought it up to me, I was like, where? I don't want to say it didn't make sense to me, but I was like, damn, like, that's a lot of work to be doing right now. Like... Yeah. I don't know. It makes sense. It's funny because it had multiple, like, end results that would be positive, I think. And I think because it had multiple positive outcomes that were possible at the same time, that helped me eventually kind of take the first steps. But there were a few, like, catalyst moments where I was, it kind of pushed me in that moment. And I think part of it was it's been obviously very hard to socialize and meet those kind of needs as of late. And I've never had much comfort or confidence, like, chatting with people online for whatever reason. Like, it's always been kind of. It's just not something I do. I know, like, tons of people just, like, have online friends, and they've only ever chatted online like this. But that's just not something I've ever done. Yeah. You know, overcoming that barrier uh, would obviously help me satisfy a bit more of my socialization needs. But also, I just think it's also fun to just talk with you guys. And I felt like I've, I have enough people that I feel I have a good enough individual chemistry with that this kind of format works with them on an individual basis. I'm nervous about ever taking it forward with having multiple people at the same time, but I'll cross that bridge when I have to because I'm the boss and I don't have to make any choice yet. Uh, so I'm putting that off for now. But <laughs> fucking right. 
Out of curiosity, why do you feel like nervous about it? You don't have to go into it if you don't want to, but. No, no, I, I have thought about it. And it's more just because I'm unsure of how the dynamic of a conversation between three people would flow in terms of, you know, keeping consistent with the type of formats. Like, is the dynamic going to be too different having three people talking as opposed to me having a specific type of chemistry with one person one-on-one at a time? Yeah. You know, because obviously when you have three people or more, you know, you have individual chemistries between you know the other people as well that you can account for and obviously that can be a huge positive that is tricky so i'm I'm taking it slow i'm gonna have each person be featured on their own episode to start with and then i might have like clips mixed after that point maybe if it makes sense like have like a clip of me with you at one point in the show Mm. and one with tom and at a different point but only after like everyone's been introduced like i want everyone to be you know have their own standalone established episodes where you're, they, they're featured so you know their voices are known in the future in that sense and it's not like super jarring to have more than one voice at once but okay that makes sense that's that's a well thought out yeah <laughs> that's well thought out i would say i have put quite a bit of thought in this yeah <laughs> a little bit quite a bit it's commendable mostly because i don't want to limit the show's ability in any way obviously i want to make sure that sure. but i don't want to force a change if I feel like it just has to be that way or stop a change that ends up being better. So I'll just let it unfold a little bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. So there's two other big kind of drivers. One is kind of half a jokey one, but it's one of those things I joke about that because I joke about it, it's it like digs deeper than I'm often more willing to admit. And it's just that level of confidence to to, to put out something that I deem, like that I think I could do better on, but I'm not doing anything better. What's so interesting about that is, like, I feel like as writers, I feel like we're kind of saying we as in, like, including me as being a writer because I don't feel like I'm a writer. I feel more like anything, if anything, Mm -hmm. I'm an editor who hasn't edited anything in a year. Even if you have something that's really great, I feel like maybe it's just, like, the online perception, but it's always, like, I'm shit. (laughs) Like, I feel like writers always lack confidence as a whole, but I guess the majority, at least the ones that I follow... But it's like you put out amazing things. But then I think back to college when being an English major and talking to just a few cool people, but mostly just like really obnoxious people that were like very cocky <laughs> about their own yeah. work and their own perception of other people's work are all good writers, like self-hating. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's interesting thing. About- There's got to be a balance, you it know. Definitely does. But to be that cocky, I'm always just kind of like I'm percent sure i won't enjoy what you're putting out based on your your tone honestly yes <laughs> it's terrible the way I, I kind of end up often viewing the world in a kind of creative or however you want to look at it way is you have the people at the top who have the drive and they have the talent uh, so they're at the top and then you have the people below them who don't quite have the talent but they have the drive to keep them going anyway mm-hmm. and they're actually more often number two and three more often than not, is the people who have the talent or, you know, but they don't have enough drive to actually get there. So that's often where I place myself. And then, of course, at the bottom, people with no talent, no drive. I've often placed myself in that third category with a hint of cockiness to an extent. You know, I enjoy my own work to an extent. I am often my own biggest fan, and I accept that. a good thing in a tongue-in-cheek way like it's it's somewhat of a joke but you know i find myself funny uh because why wouldn't i right <laughs> of course so you know 
but I've often had difficulty following through on things uh, for one thing or another. So that, that's been bubbling in the back of my brain for a it's, while. It, that's pretty infuriating. I feel like, I don't know if this is, if this is a safe task. What happened with the movie script? Did you finish it? So I finished the first draft. Okay. And what I did with it is I finished it in a sense that you usually write a ton and then trim out the fat in subsequent drafts. Mm -hmm. But instead, what I did was I, I did the broad strokes and kind of did more of an outline skeleton of a first draft and left a lot of empty spaces for me to fill in with more detail and more development. And, you know, but I got the broad strokes of the ideas out there. So I got all that complete. And then the class ended and I went to try starting the second draft over the course of like the winter. And I think I got as far as maybe like the first 10 pages in and I just kind of fell off yeah. as far as... Basically, I got to a point where my strategy for my second draft was I would rewrite a scene and then write a brand new scene after that. So, I, And then I would rewrite a scene from the first draft again and then do a brand new scene as well. So that was kind of my intention of how I was going to tackle it. Maybe I just was taking on too much at that point. Or there's something about, I mentioned it before, speaking the ideas into mm -hmm. existence. Having that forum to discuss it weekly kind of helped keep me invested sure. in it like be just because I had a platform to share the idea with and it felt more real than just me writing it by myself with no one else to ever read it than me yeah, probably yeah, I get that. so it probably also like helps you stay accountable because it's a consistent time exactly exactly that, yeah. so I felt that you know once that class ended and of course he offered more and, and he offered multiple times, send me your second draft, send me any drafts you have in the future and I'll still review them and take looks at them. I have not yet sent him anything, although he has followed up and said, hey, have you gotten oh. anything, you know, just checking in and Teaching. yeah, yeah. So I, I, I've appreciated that, but I said, uh, no, unfortunately, I, didn't I have not yet. <laughs> <sighs> but you know, I deleted his contact. maybe off the back of this, this will eventually spur me on to that. But. Sure. It's tough, like, and that might be a good thing if you don't have your eyes on it for a while and then go back to it, and you might, like, get inspired or see something in a totally new way, and, you know, who knows. That's a good point. Writing is very, it's very tricky, like, motivation that you need <laughs> to really follow through on something is exhausting, and, like, versus other hobbies I've had, there's yeah. just something about it that I'm not good at having enough self-discipline, like, with baking, like, I've been consistently, like myself to do new projects i started baking bagels recently nice they're fucking delicious wow. they just look weird oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good but like i don't know like baking like drumming music like those are things that i feel like i have more self-discipline to continuously work on and like mm -hmm. have self-improvement self have improvement but like with uh writing it just kind of i stall and then i'm like fuck this like yeah. i could be doing 80 other things right now so i don't know i don't know what that says but. it is weird yeah when i've reread it it was definitely a reflection if not you know slightly exaggerated of course for the for the intention of the story but it was certainly a reflection of the anxieties i was kind of dealing with with the work i was putting off with my own job mm, interesting I got into really bad habits. I think that's what it came down to is I just kind of got stuck into bad habits and because I didn't have the structure that comes with working in a physical office and I had to rely, again, as I mentioned before, solely on the police force of me versus me. Right. I don't win versus me very often, either direction. Damn, that's... I get that. Yeah, and it can end up in a stalemate where I end up doing nothing 
as opposed to, you know, doing something I should be doing or something I shouldn't be doing, I'll end up doing neither. So. I, I get that on a very deep level. I, yeah. Uh, I've been in a really good place lately, but it's like gotten a solid grip on how I need to take care of myself from yeah. to help to not get the best of me. Yeah. I feel like I've been forced to do that. Yeah. With being at home and everything. And I'm okay with that. That's part of what this is for me. Yeah, I get that. I totally get that. Honestly, like, I think just doing this, because when you first asked me, I was like, my first thought was like, I have to have an excuse to not do this. But I was oh, like, no, why yeah. is that my first thought? Because like, of yeah, course yeah. I want to do it. But it's like, what's stopping me from doing that? I knew when I actually would do it, I would enjoy it. Doing it right now, I hate it. Um, no, I, I enjoy it. And I think it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew that I would, but it's, I don't know. It's that like, mind just kind of goes to lack of productivity. So I can oh, just yeah. like, not... Why do something when you could do nothing, honestly? Right, right, exactly. And I'm like, I care to myself because I'm robbing myself of fun opportunity. So I guess that's growth or whatever. I don't know. I It's kind of like a mild form of like, what is for me my version of pre-show jitters when I'm like leading up to one of these uh, so far? <laughs> it's like, it's milder, so it's not as bad. But like for my pre-show jitters, I usually withdraw and almost like save up and store my extra version for like the show to kind of explode at once but so like there's it's a mild form of that leading up to these shows but it's kind of just like um slight butter butterflies a little bit like oh i'm nervous but then i'm like what are you nervous about you're just chatting like you, you do this all the time and then i'm like all right, right. I'm over it, so yeah that's so funny i had a very similar experience earlier today and i was like it was the same thing i was just like i i'm talking to kevin I'm like, yeah, I picked the people that I, I knew I could talk to in this kind of setting for a reason. So, oh, and so the very, very last thing, I think one of the last things that was like the final button to finally push me over to do this was when I realized that I'm currently the same age as like the people who started the podcast that I listened to multiple times throughout a year. There's not like a ton of them. Like there's like less than 50 episodes ever that they ever put out, but I listen through them very, very often. And it's this format is slightly inspired of that, like at points where it's inspired a little bit. The podcast. It's those uh, British people that I follow on YouTube as well. The Oxcast. Yeah, what the hell was that song? The <laughs> Slimer Cabaret. <laughs> yep, that's that's part of that. Um, so anyway, I've been watching them. Yeah, I've been yeah. watching and listening to their shit for years. Um, and their podcast was something I've listened to. I, it's one of my like kind of like comfort podcasts where like, I can just kind of listen through all their episodes and because there's sadly so few of them, I can kind of get through all of them and just kind of just, it's for me almost like akin to like white noise. I'll still laugh and I'll actively listen through it throughout it, but it's right. one of the few things that I will reconsume often uh, as opposed okay. to like TV shows, which I often only watch once. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Wow. It's one of the few things I consume more than once as far as content, that and YouTube videos and series, I'll, I'll consume them multiple times, but movies. If it's a movie that's I think is really good or significantly funnier than than most, I'll I'll rewatch it. But most TV shows or movies, uh, they're a one time experience for me. That's so interesting. I that with most movies, some movies I can just like watch like or have on in the background. Yeah. TV like we watch the Golden Girls every single night before bed and fall asleep to it every night, and I've been doing that since at least fifteen. Like that is just like <laughs> it's just in my brain yep. always. The, the whole point of that was they started their podcast slash YouTube series 
at about the same age that I am right now. And I'm like, when I was listening to them and the whole time I've been listening and watching them, you know, their age just seemed so distant and so far away. Yeah. Now that I'm this age too, I can kind of be like, wow. So they were just like, yeah, let's just do it now. And they just did it then. And they'd had like enough, you know, life experience or enough whatever they needed to commit to it and just do it in a way that they felt was professional enough or high enough quality. I appreciate that. I think that's part of why I think this will work now too is I'm, I've always kind of expected the Kevin podcast to be what brings me uh, fame and glory in the past, right. but I, I don't have that expectation now. I'm just doing it for the fun of it. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's all that, uh, that's all that matters, but so it helps. I feel like that's yeah. the best kind of content that you can get if it's like, actually. Yeah. I definitely unironically believe that as a, as a youth. I was recently thinking about this. I think this week I've been kind of like thinking about comedy more just because we were like, just not like gearing up, so to say, but just like thinking yeah, about Yeah, yeah, of course. It makes sense. Night. Just like thinking about like comedy before podcasts were even the thing that existed. <laughs> like back in 2013, like I moved to New York City to have that career mm -hmm. as a comedy writer. And like, I had no idea like what that entailed at all. I just wanted it so badly that it was like worth trying it. And then I was like, mm -hmm. I don't even... <laughs> It was just so interesting that I wanted that for so long that I got there and I was like, this is not the life I, like, I don't want to live here. I don't want yeah. to be up past 11. Like, I'm just like, I'm, I gotta, <laughs> I'm not doing this, like, long term. This is not happening. <laughs> and But I so quickly knew that I didn't want that. But it's just interesting thinking back, I'm like, how I would just watch SNL and, like, write out the sketches just to, like, get the feel of writing out a sketch because that's how mm -hmm. badly I wanted it. And I genuinely believe, like you said, that, like, I would be making my money yep. off of this and having this as my career. And it's just it's interesting how you feel in your early 20s versus your late 20s <laughs> as far as yeah. your career. Because now it's like, I don't have to go into work and make money and sit here and listen to podcasts. This is... The actual dream. This is what I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> it's just for me anyway. Was there a, like, I want to say the word titular. I know it's not the right word for this context, but was there a titular moment where you're like, I'm done here. This is, uh, this is not, I'm, I'm leaving right now. Yes, there definitely was. It was like, I feel like it was right after my birthday. And this, like, this had nothing to do with not wanting to do comedy. This was like me going through a lot of emotions. Like I moved to the city in August. I was very, just jarring, <laughs> you know, but it was mm -hmm. like- Culture shock. Absolutely. It was fine. Like I adjusted fairly well. Like I had friends, my roommates were great. Like I was getting into the groove of it and then I didn't hate it by any means. So it wasn't even that so much, but like after my birthday, I turned 21 that year. I just kind of, I don't know. I remember my mom calling me <laughs> and she was so sad that I wasn't there. <laughs> and it was like extremely terrible. Oh. She was, she was like trying to hide it, but could not hide it. And it was just like, really, it, it was that that stuck with me. And then I think by the time it was Thanksgiving, I was like, I really do not want to live here even for like another six months. My love of comedy wasn't enough to keep me there. Because I just really missed my family. And I felt like if I came back here, I would be able to build a career, even if it like wasn't in comedy, and build a life here. And 
I didn't fully realize it like in those words at the time, but I just felt like it was the right thing for me to do. Yeah. And then I did and now I'm great. So it, 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 it all worked out. Um, but it was definitely a, yeah, it was a personal choice that had to do with homesickness to be completely honest. It also, to be fair, it was also yeah. like going to UCB. I was kind of like, I never, I never took a class there, but I'd be, I would go to shows and I was just kind of like, I, it just all seemed exhausting to me. And it's interesting, like in retrospect, like how UCB in particular, I guess most comedy clubs, like second city too, but it's just so like mm-hmm. not interested in often giving women opportunities, let alone like any black people period. <laughs> oh Yeah. I'd say that they seem to be making a little bit more effort, or at least that when I was there, they seemed to be trying to be moving in that direction, but it was probably uh, well, well, well more than overdue at that point. I'm not cutting them any slack for what they were lacking back then either, because they were more than out of date at that point as well, I'm sure. That's the thing. It was like, why? Like, I remember, so I just read Abby Jacobson's book from Broad City. She wrote a book that there's a part where she's talking about Abby and Alana met at UCB and they like could not get on the main stage for UCB. Like no matter what they did. Really? Including working with other guys. Like they just like, they couldn't get a show on like Damn. On the main stage at like, I don't want to say prime time, but you know what I mean? Like the big Wednesday shows like Ask Hat. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. And they were like, fuck it. We're just going to do our own thing. So they left UCB and they filmed the YouTube series, uh, Broad City. And then Amy Poehler was in their finale. And then getting the show with her with amy Poehler as a producer but not because of ucb like it was obviously like yes they're ucb out like damn alliums alum (laughs) yes but it wasn't like ucb was like here's a representation that you should have like it was not like they did not get what they deserved at ucb and when i read that i was like wow that could have been me (laughs) like yes it worked out for them but like who the hell knows like what I would have had to go through. No, for sure. We only see the end result and we kind right. of get a, a hint of what the beginning was like, but there is all the days and hours in between that they had to still live and, you know, had to scrape Absolutely. by probably in New York City it's, in some capacity. And yeah, exactly. ugh, they so, don't tell you that stuff. It's kind of an interesting full circle moment. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Kevin Podcast. Does Kevin Hart have his own podcast? Is that what you meant earlier? Or is it just like Kevin Hart fans that are like, let's talk about Kevin Hart. I didn't actually look at what it was. Mm-hmm. Let me just take it. I heart Kevin, but it's H-A-R-T. Because I, I just like looked. <laughs> yeah, because I just looked Kevin podcast. Side jokes with Kevin Hart. And Jerry Sign- He just started it on January 15th. <laughs> He's competing with you. <laughs> what? Wait, he- Wait, the first What? What? <laughs> wait, wait. What? The first episode of Inside Jokes with Kevin Hart was on January 27th. Are you kidding me? When was the first episode of your show? <laughs> um, the first episode of the Kevin Podcast was posted on January 29th, my friend. Dude, he said, Get this Kevin Angus guy off of my fucking cast turf. What the fuck? It's hilarious. How is this possible? <laughs> he is the enemy. I knew it. Oh. <sighs> Crazy. I can't fucking believe this shit. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Kevin Podcast. 
Goodbye. See you.